John said, I heard him. Can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing him teach? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there in the Mount of, of uh, Beatitudes to hear him quote the Beatitudes from the heart? Wouldn't it have been something to hear him talk about how to go not one mile, but go two miles, one mile of law, one mile of grace? Wouldn't that have been something? John says, I heard him. But not only did I hear him, I saw him. Now there's a difference in seeing and seeing. <laughs> um, have you ever seen something you didn't see? Most of you know I drive about 200 miles to Fayette uh, most every Sunday. And uh, I've gotten so used to that trip, I don't really see a lot anymore. I've gone through the exit at Jasper and not even known that because I had to stop and turn around and go back. That's where I always stop in Jasper. I wasn't paying attention. John says we saw him, but then what else did he say? Did what? We what? We looked at him, looked on him. So John says, I only saw him, but I paid attention. I really saw him. I really watched him. I knew what he was doing. I saw what he was doing. I heard him, but I saw him and paid attention to him. Peter and John, you know, after um, uh, Acts 2 and about Acts 4, there's a man asking for an alms. Remember that? Asking for an alms. And he said, you know, silver and gold. No. But what did Peter say to him first of all? He said, alms please, alms, that's, that's money. He said, look on us. Well, he looked on him because he said alms, he knew they were there, but he didn't know they were there. Pay attention. John said, I paid attention. And then John said something else. He said what? I heard him, I saw him, I looked on him, then what? I handled him, I touched him. I touched him. After Jesus' resurrection, all the apostles showed up for church that Sunday except one. Who didn't show up? Now Judas is dead, but who else? Who? Thomas. Thomas. I don't know where Thomas was. He didn't show up. And so the next Sunday, what they said, Thomas, we saw him. He's risen. He's up from the grave, just like he said he would be. And Thomas says, I won't believe unless I do what, class? Unless I feel the nail prints, unless I feel with the spear. Remember that? I got to see it and I got to feel it. Next Sunday, they all showed up. All, all, all 11 were there. And Jesus showed up. He said, Thomas, come here. Come here, Thomas. Thomas, you take your finger and put here in my nail, my, where that nail went in. No, you do that. You feel, Thomas, where that spear went to my side. What did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. And then Jesus said, listen to this. Blessed are you, Thomas, because you have seen and felt. Blessed are they, that's us in this class. Blessed are they who've never seen, never felt, yet what class? Believe, that's me. I'm a, you a believer? Hello? Yes, sir, I'm a believer. Did you see him? No. Did you hear him? No. Did you touch him? No. But I believe. One reason because of what John wrote. John says, let me tell you guys, I know that he's up. I know he rose. I know he did. How do you know? Well, I'll give you four witnesses. Heard him, saw him, looked at him, touched him, 
John wants the children he's writing to, the church, to know that they can know that they can know. The Gnostics were coming in and they were stealing their joy, stealing their faith because they're putting doubt there. He wasn't Jesus a man. He was a spirit. No, he wasn't. He was real. And I know he's real because I was there. And I touched him. And the life manifest, made alive, verse 2, we have seen, we've already said, we bear witness, we're telling you about it, and declare to you uh, the eternal life which the Father was manifest to us. What was manifest made live to us, we're telling you so you can know what I know. Now, if, if John is 90 years old, there have been a lot of people born since the resurrection of Jesus who didn't know what John knew, didn't see what John saw. So he wanted them to have what he had. And in fact, he said, verse 3, we have seen and heard, declaring to you that you may have, what's the word? What's the word? Fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. I usually talk about going down to Bruton, and I uh, got a call one Sunday, or one Friday, I guess it was, and uh, the elder called me and said, would you come down and preach for us on Sunday? It's Fellowship Sunday. And he said, quote, if you want to, you can preach on fellowship. What's the difference in want to and got to? There's a big difference in it. Well, I didn't want to preach on fellowship. I had something else in mind. So on the way down, I said, I'm not preaching on fellowship. And she said, you had better preach on fellowship. I said, I'm not going to. I got something else in mind. Got in the Bible class, taught the Bible class. The deacon introduced me. He said, Brother Long's here on Fellowship Sunday. I can't wait to hear his sermon on fellowship. I said, well, you wait a long time because I'm not preaching on fellowship. I don't, I don't have, and I don't have to do what a deacon says. I'm not going to preach on fellowship. Song leader gets up. This is a true story. Song leader gets up and he says, I have worked a month trying to find songs on fellowship to match Brother Long's sermon. I said, well, he's wasted his time. Bless his heart. That's a month of waste. Then the elder that called me got up to introduce me at the worship service said, Brother Long is here to preach on fellowship today. Guess what I preached on? I preached on fellowship. He told me, this is true now, he said that was a, one of the best sermons I'd ever heard on fellowship. I said, will you tell me what I said, please? Because <laughs> I have no idea. Fellowship. Fellowship is not just shaking hands. It's not just sharing a meal. Fellowship is sharing what you have. And John's faith is so strong, he wants to share that. He wants them to fellowship, to participate in what he has. That's what John wants them to do. I have this truth about God, and I want you to have it. I want to share with you. So, he says, um, we have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that you're what? What's the word? Joy may be full. Now he said something about joy over in chapter 15 in, in John, the book of John, verse 11. Jesus talks about that, and we have full joy. And also in uh, chapter 16 and verse 24, he talks about having full joy. What is joy? Well, it's not happiness. Happiness is happenstance. Happiness is 
I told the joke a while ago, and some of you very politely kind of smiled or laughed, and I appreciate that. It's over. That's happiness. It's here, it's gone. Anything can destroy our happiness. Joy is different. Joy is way down deep inside. Joy is what we have in the Lord. And if anyone should be joyous, it ought to be us in this class. Amen? Amen? Okay, Walls, amen. I'll do it. He won't do it. Anyone ought to be joyous. It ought to be us. Why? Because not only do I have Jesus in my heart and life, I have forgiveness of my sins, I have redemption, I have salvation, and I have heaven to look forward to. I mean, if I've got it all. And joy is what he gives us. John says there's these guys trying to rob you. You see, if you rob, if you rob a Christian of Jesus, you robbed him of joy. Isn't that right? Does that make sense? I'm writing that your joy may be full. And these Gnostics are taking your joy away. Don't you let them. Don't you let them take your faith. Don't you let them take your joy. Because if you take Jesus away, you've taken joy away. So I'm writing you may have full joy. These things, this verse 5, this is the message we've heard from Him, Jesus, declaring to you that God is what class? Light. In Him is what? No darkness at all. Now, what's the speed of light? Somebody knows? Fast? Okay, fast. I'll go for that. <laughs> what is it? Who knows what the speed of light is? How many? 187,000 miles per second. That's pretty fast, isn't it? What's the speed of darkness? There is no speed of darkness. It's just dark. So when you turn the lights on, you dispel darkness. In Christ, there is no darkness at all. There is only light. In fact, didn't he talk about that in heaven? There's no sun because why? God is a light, isn't he? In him is no darkness at all. And so this is a message declaring to you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, there's their word again, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. My mama said don't use the word lie. She said stay, say story tell. Well, the Holy Spirit used the word lie. That's a strong word. If you say you're walking in the light and really walking in darkness, you're lying. Who are you lying to? Well, people I work with, my wife, my kiddos, my neighbors, who are you really lying to? S-E-L-F. Self, isn't it? That's who I'm lying to. Because you know what? Can people see if we're walking in darkness and even though we say we're walking in the light, can people see that eventually? Can our, can our family see that eventually that we're really walking in darkness when we say we're walking in light? When I'm trying to be, you know, Christ-like and everything, and yet really inside there's darkness. Can't people eventually see that? You see, the person you're lying to is self. You can't lie to God. God knows. You're lying to self. If you say you're walking in darkness, walking in light, but you're really walking in darkness, you're lying to yourself. Look what he says next verse. But if we walk in the light, 
Who's the light? Who's the light? Okay. If we say walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, continues to cleanse us of our sins. You were baptized? Yeah. I baptized when I was 16. I knew better. I mean, my daddy was a deacon. Well, he wasn't a deacon at the time, but my daddy was a Bible teacher, and, and mama was a Bible teacher, and he was a song leader, and he'd go preach some places. And, and so I, I knew, I could, quote, I could quote it, folks. I could quote it. I was a good quoter. I knew Acts 2.38 and John 3.16. I knew all that. But I never obeyed the gospel at 16. The devil had a good hold on me. When I was 16, I was baptized. What happened when I was baptized? Well, the church went amen. <laughs> Mom and Dad said, finally. All my sins were what? Washed away, right? How many? All of them. You think I've sinned since then? I thought I'd get a bunch of head knocked, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know you say them, yeah. So I need to be baptized again. No, no, no. No. Not if 1 John 1 7 is right. 1 John 1 7 says, when we were cleansed, when we were baptized, and then we get in the light. I don't know where the light is here, right here, somewhere. If we walk in the light, that blood I was applied to my soul back in my 16 continues to do what? Cleanse me of my sins as I walk in the what? Hello? In the light. So as long as I stay in the light, that blood continues to... That's why I wasn't baptized the next week. I'm sure I sinned after being baptized next week probably. Maybe that day. But the blood continues to cleanse us of our sins. That's why it says in, in um, what is it, Romans 8, 1, there's no what? Condemnation to those who are where? In Christ Jesus. Why? Because His blood continues to cleanse us. And I get into Christ Jesus by being baptized, so that blood continues to cleanse me as I walk in the light. That's why I ride a motorcycle. Martha? <laughs> you better be right with God if you ride a motorcycle. Amen? I don't know if you ride one or not, but you see them. I don't ride like some of those guys up down Atlanta Highway, you know, with a front end raised up and all that. I'm a slower than that. But I'm telling you, you're, let's see, what was, what was the statistic? Anyway, you're a lot more suspected to, to get killed in a, car, in a motorcycle accident than you are in a car accident. There's a commercial on TV that says that. I appreciate them so much <laughs> reminding me. What I'm saying is, you better be right with God. And Sam, if you walk in the light... If the blood's been applied to your soul, you've been cleansed of your sins, and continue to walk in the light, there's no condemnation. That's not, well, we'll get to verse, that's not saying we're not going to sin. Because the truth is we're going to sin. We're going to mess up. You're going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, act the wrong thing, not do what you should do. Even that's sin. Him know it to good and do it to not. To him is what? Sin. 
So I'm going to mess up. But my life, you see, is a life in the light. It's not a life outside of Christ. It's inside of Christ. I'm walking in the light. As long as I do that, that blood continues to forgive me of my sin. I don't know if I can go to heaven or not, preacher. I'm just not good enough. The answer is, you're right. You're not good enough. But being good enough is not what determines me going to heaven. Obedience to His will is what determines me to go to heaven. And the grace of God determines what sends me to heaven. Not how good I am. If you've if you got to go on merits, folks, we're in trouble. Amen? I know I am. Serious trouble. Try to be good. Try to do good. Try to act right. Try to be right. Don't do all I should. Don't do all I should. Well, it's not a matter of doing all you should. You mean we shouldn't do, we shouldn't teach other, we shouldn't help the poor? And, oh, yes, yes. But that alone won't get you to heaven. The blood of Christ will get you to heaven. So, we need to walk in the light. He's in the light. We have fellowship with one another. The blood of Christ, His Son, continues. It's not in the English here, but it continues to cleanse us of our sin. Look at verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and what? Truth hidden in us. Look at verse 10. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. His word is not in us. I don't know if you've heard this example of my, I've given before, but when I was about 10 years old, my daddy owned a drugstore. Well, he owned a drugstore for a long time, but he got this uh, English racer bike in. I mean, know what an English racer bike is. Well, it's a bike from England. <laughs> the tires are about that wide, little narrow tires. No brakes on the, on the uh, uh, pedals. The brakes were on the hands up here. Had three speeds to it, first, second, third, and had a gear thing would swap the chain over, and you could literally fly. And he got that in for Christmas to sell. And I said, Daddy, I've got to have that bike. He said, no, that, that, bike, is, that bike is for selling. You're not gonna, it's, it'll be sold soon. There's not, there wasn't another bike like that in all of Humphreys County. You couldn't go to Dixon, Dixon County, the next county, and find a bike like that. There wasn't any. You'd have to go to Davis. You'd have to go to Nashville, big Nashville, to find a bike like that. And then on in special stores, it was a, it was a nice bike. It cost $69. Back when I was 10 years old, folks, I had a lot of money. I said, Daddy, suppose that bike won't sell. Can I have it then? He said, now, don't, don't get your hopes up, son. It's going to sell. He said, I've had people ask for this bike. I said, suppose it doesn't sell. Can I have it? If this bike doesn't sell at Christmas, you can have it. I said, okay. So I went to work. We had the bike right in the front window. Back, remember our window shopping? Remember that? We actually had windows and displays in the front window. Had that bike sitting up there, and boys would come in and see that bike. They hadn't seen it like that. And I said, look at this bike. There's no brakes here. Look here. There's no brakes in that thing. How are you going to stop a bike like that and not no brakes? I said, look at those tires. You hit one of our potholes here, McEwen, the tire like that, that thing will throw you off. Yeah, I don't want a bike like that. I said, look at that. It didn't sell. I worked hard at it. But Daddy gave it to me. Across the street from the drugstore, 
lived the Martins. And Brother Martin was an elder in the church and a great worker. In fact, he was an ironsmith. He had a keel there and everything. He'd make horseshoes and all that. But he worked, and he poured a sidewalk that went all the way from Highway 70, which is about four houses up, went by the Watkins house, went by another house, I don't know who lived there, went by his house, and then made this curve because he kept on going straight to run right in the drugstore. The drugstore was right across the street from, from the Martins. And he, and he made that curve. He didn't just make a curve and a smooth sidewalk, folks. He, he tilted that. You know like the rest, like the Daytona 500, you know how they do that banking? He didn't do it that sharp. He did a bank there. And I thought, that's made for bicycling. He told me later on it was made for draining. But anyway, I thought it was made for bicycling. So I'd get up there near, we can get on the highway, couldn't do that. Get on that sidewalk right there near Highway 70, come down past the Watkins house, past his house, and get that curve and just go around. I could fly. I had in third gear. I mean, it was good. You know there's sometimes when you really can ride good and sometimes you can't. One Saturday, I was riding my bike like I'd never ridden before. I came around that curve. That was after about four times it got a little tiring. I said, what if I could do it without holding on the handlebars? Just kind of do it with the body thing. And I sure enough, I did it with the body thing, just like that. I got a little boring after about four times. I said, what if I can do it with my feet on it? had a little banana seat on it. What if I can put my feet on that seat and hold on and turn? like? And sure enough, I did it. Then one time I said, what if I can do it without holding on the handlebars, standing on the seat? I still have a scar right there. But on that Saturday, I did it. And Sister Martin, bless her heart, was sitting on the porch reading her Bible. And after I did that thing with the no hands, she went like that. I mean, come here, boy. So I rode up into her yard, there wasn't any sidewalk, and laid my bike down. And she said, I've been watching you. I said, yes, ma'am. How do you like that? She said, you're showing off, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. I gave her a show. Didn't charge her for it, just gave her a show. She said, that's prideful. And pride is a sin. You're out there sinning, boy. I thought I'd just ride my bicycle, you know. <laughs> she said, maybe one day you'll be like me. I said, oh, she said, no. She said, sinless. I'm sitting up here with my Bible, reading my Bible, and you're out there showing off. You ought to be reading your Bible. I went home and told my mama, and she wanted to beat her up, in a Christian kind of a way now. I mean, not ugly, just, you know. And mama says she hadn't read her Bible. I said, oh, mama. Her old Bible, she, where, had, where she held it with her thumb, had a hole right there. There wasn't a page that didn't have some kind of marking on it and some kind of dog ear and everything. I mean, she had read it from cover to cover. She said she hadn't read the whole thing. I said, what hadn't she read? She said she hadn't read 1 John. What, what part of 1 John? 1 John chapter 8 and, and uh, cha 1, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 10. What's it say? Go look it up. You know what it says? Listen to it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. If we say we've not sinned, make him a liar. His word's not in us. Hello?
Now, I'm not trying to say she was a bad lady because she was not. But she wasn't sinless. She wasn't sinless. In fact, if you want to talk about pride, that's kind of prideful, isn't it? Say you hadn't sinned. We all sin. We all sin and come short. How does that go? Come short of the what? Glory of God. We all do. Now, we don't live in sin. We don't practice sin. Sin is not my life. Jesus Christ is my life. But we all mess up. Don't come here and tell me you had not sinned. And just because I haven't done what you do doesn't make that any worse or any better. I was in Kiwanis Club in Jacksonville. We had a, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi as a member. And I sat down one day with him. I said, can I ask you a question? Sure. Well, the law asked me anything. Had a deep voice. What's the difference in Judaism and Christianity as the way you see it? He said, that's simple. Judaism is a way of life. It's what we do every day. We practice Judaism every day. And Christianity is something y'all do on Sunday. I hope that's not right. I hope that's not right. I hope there's more to my Christianity than just a Sunday morning stroll with Jesus. Shouldn't it have been reversed? Maybe Saturday for him. <laughs> Shouldn't Christ be the very center of our life and everything revolve around that, around him? Shouldn't worship to God and service to God and being God-like, shouldn't that be the very center and core of my life and everything else is just peripheral stuff out here? I think what he was saying was right. It should describe me. That the center of our, the heart of our life, everything about us is Christ Jesus. And not just a stroll on Sunday. Chapter 2. Little children, I write these things to you that you, what? Verse 1, chapter 2. Wait a minute, John. Whoa, John. Whoa, 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 John. You just told me I'm going to sin. And now you're telling me not to sin. No, just because we sin is not, not a license to sin. I'm writing to you, sin not. That's what I want. I want you to be sinless. But you're not going to be that. Only Christ was that. That you sin not. And if anyone sins, we have a what? What's the word? What? Advocate. There's a paper put out in Nashville for over 150 years called the Gospel Advocate. What's an advocate? Stands before you. What's another word for advocate? I won't like this. I'm going to say it right here in front of you, though. Lawyer. Jesus is a lawyer? Yeah. What does a lawyer do? Stands beside you. And the defendant is told to rise. Who rises with him? The lawyer. Why? He's standing there to plead the case. When we do sin, we have an advocate, a lawyer, 
will stand beside us and plead our case. Have you ever wondered why we pray through Christ to God the Father? Every prayer we pray through Jesus, either we start it that way or end it that way or mention that way or somehow we get the idea that this prayer is given to God through, the, through Jesus. You know why? One reason. When I pray to God about um, a mother-in-law up in Tennessee, her stepmother, who is depressed right now, doesn't even know why, hadn't been out of the house for since Christmas. Does Jesus understand that? When we lose somebody that we love with all of our heart and they die, does Jesus understand that? Who Jesus has a friend that died? Lazarus? Now, I don't think Jesus was crying about Lazarus, but didn't he, didn't he weep there with Mary and Martha? Ever had somebody stab you in the back? Supposed to be a good friend? <laughs> Turned out to be a terrible enemy? Did Jesus have anything like that? Absolutely. In fact, all the apostles really did, didn't they? Judas especially. What about Peter? He warned Peter. Peter, the devil's out to get you. He's going to sift you like sand. I'm praying for you, Peter. Three times you're denying me. At that third time, what happened? The rooster crowed, just like he said. And Peter went out and wept like a baby. What are you getting at? We talk to God the Father and don't have the words to put it in words. Jesus comes along beside and stands up for us. Here's what Sam's trying to say, Father. He's not doing a good job with it. And pleads our case. Have you ever wanted to pray? I mean, you were in a mind to pray and you wanted to pray and tried to pray and just didn't have the words to pray? Spirit steps in and says, let me, let me help you with this. My daddy had uh, let the drugstore become more important than, than church service. In fact, uh, he had a good trade on Sunday because people come in. First of all, it was just a filled prescription. That's all I'm going to do. Not sell, you know, ice cream or anything, just prescriptions. Well, they'd come in by a prescription while he's filling it, that they'd pick up, you know, Kleenex and this and that and the other and mouthwash. And so he had a pretty good, pretty good business with that. In fact, um, it went over into not just half of Sunday school, but all of Sunday school. And he'd be there and sometimes even into the worship hour he wouldn't make it up the block because only half a block away to the church building and, and miss some of the worship. Occasionally he didn't come at all. One Saturday night we got a call and said, Mr. Long, you need to come down. The drugstore's on fire. 
Not only the drugstore was on fire, the bank was on fire, the, goods, the uh, dry goods store beside was on fire. Basically, McCune was burning. And Daddy lost everything. He had a, they'd put it on, we didn't have, you know, computers and all that. He had a, a book where they'd put it on the page, you know, you have your page and write what you owe. It was, I know it was that thick. It burned too. You know, the people never did pay him back what they owed him. And Daddy said, you know what I think? I think that was God telling me to get my life straight. Get it back in order. Daddy never missed another service. I don't know if God burned the building down. I don't think God did. But it sure helped my daddy to put first things first. And he, verse 2, is the propitiation, that's the appeasement, for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of who? The whole world. Bought and paid for. Salvation bought and paid for. All I've got to do is accept the grace of God through obedience. Now, by this we know that we know that we know that we know in fact, 26 times the word know is mentioned in this little book. Know that you know that you know. That's why I can go to sleep at night, ask God to forgive me again, go to sleep and know that I know that I know Him. How can you know you know you know Him? One way is keep His commandments. That's obvious. But the other way is walking in that light. So if I, if I go to sleep and never wake up again in this life, that's okay. Because I know that I know Him. He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments, He's a liar. Word's not in. I feel Jesus right here. Well, have you kept His commandments? No, I hadn't. Well, yet. <laughs> that's, that may be heartburn. That's not Jesus. The only way to know that we know Him is do what, class? What do you say? Keep his what? Commandments. Now, it's not a legalistic thing. Because one of the commandments is, I've got to accept the grace of God. Here it is. Take it. And I can take it by obedience to him. He who says, I know him, does not keep his commandments. He's a liar and the truth is not in him. But he who keeps his commandments, verse 5, is true to the love of God, is perfected, made mature in him, and by this we know that we know that we know that we're where? That we're in Him. By doing what? Keeping His commandments. Isn't that simple? That is so simple. Well, it's a good little book. And um, if you've heard it before, then you heard it again. And I would suggest you to read these uh, five little chapters. It won't take you ten minutes to read them. And spend some time thinking about it. Because John says, I want you to have what I got. I want you to have the faith I've got. I want you to have the hope I have. I want you to know that you know like I know. And when we know that we know that we know, then life changes. I'm not worried about tomorrow. 
Not worried about next week, next month, income tax coming up. Not worried about that because I know that I know that I know him. Because I'm going to keep his commandments. Let's close with a prayer. Holy Father, thank you for John. Thank you for giving him the inspiration to write this book. Help us, Father, to believe that you came, your son came, that he lived upon earth, that he bled, he died, and rose again. Help us to know, Father, even though we were not there, didn't hear him, didn't see him, didn't touch him, but know as if we were there that your son lives. May he live in our lives. In Jesus' name, and amen.